you're tuned in to the Eye on Global Politics radio show. Coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley. Broadcasting around the world on eyeonglobalpolitics.com. Here's your host for the next hour, Dr. Paul F.J. Aranyas. And thank you for joining me today on this Monday afternoon, live from the Willamette Valley. And today, it's uh, the smoke is still out there, still a, bit, a little bit of hazy, but it's getting better. Um, but there's a lot of fires going on still, so hoping everybody is safe and sound with all the weather events once again. And we've been talking about immigration over the last week. I looked at what is going on in some of the other parts of the world on the Saudi Yemen uh, Yemenese border where reports are flooding in from a variety of news sources and human rights organizations the western press the non-western press uh human rights watch released a 75 page report on the massacring of migrants trying to get into Saudi Arabia, trying to cross the Saudi border through Yemen, coming from Ethiopia. And most of these immigrants are fleeing the conflict in Ethiopia, the war that is has been happening there between uh, the federal government and those ruling in Tigray. Some of these reports are very, very startling and disturbing with migrants being gunned down, women, children, men, women, and children, with explosive weaponry being shot point blank in the legs, being killed, and other horrific atrocities at the hands of Saudi border guards. And this has been reported, as I said, in the the Western press, BBC, etc., but Human Rights Watch released a 75-page report. The Middle East Eye has first-person accounts, hundreds of videos, uh, surveillance, uh, satellite imagery of dead bodies, first-person accounts, startling accounts from the Middle East Eye. Ahmed still struggles to sleep every night. Nightmares and memories of his perilous journey to Saudi Arabia through Yemen still keep him tossing and turning when he tries to go to sleep. The 25-year-old Ethiopian embarked on the route in order to flee the conflict at home between the Tigray's region, region's ruling party and the federal government. Along with thousands of others, he left Ethiopia in November 2022, with one of the closest routes being the Red Sea Corridor via Djibouti, leading to Yemen and then Saudi Arabia. But what he and other asylum seekers didn't expect was to be met with live fire and beatings by Saudi Arabian border guards. It was quiet, and we walked along a path with dead bodies lying everywhere, some cut to pieces, Ahmed told Middle East Eye. Then Saudi border police began firing at us. I managed to hide, but a girl who was with me was hit and had her shoulder ripped open. She bled to death right next to me. I think she was 15, he recounted. During the attack, Ahmed suffered a serious leg injury while two people died on the trail. 
The route into Saudi Arabia and Yemen has been used by Ethiopian refugees and migrants for years, despite the dangers. Initially, a lack of employment and poor economic conditions caused people to leave Ethiopia in search of better opportunities. However, a deadly conflict in Ethiopia in which Tigrayans were targeted has now made life impossible for many in their home country. The article continues and goes on to detail the traffickers, the horrors that Ahmed and others saw on the Saudi border, people being cut in half with with heavy weaponry, rape, graves littered, bodies littered, and the Human Rights Report, Human Rights Watch, August 21st, 2023, says Saudi border guards have killed at least hundreds of Ethiopian migrants and asylum seekers who tried to cross the Yemen-Saudi border between March 20 of 2022 and June 2023. It could be as many as thousands. Saudi officials are killing hundreds of women and children out of view of the rest of the world while they spend billions on sports washing to try to improve their image. Saudi Arabia should immediately and urgently revoke any policy to use lethal force on migrants and asylum seekers. Concerned countries should press for accountability and the UN should investigate. And there is a lot of information. As I said, it's a 75-page report coming out of Human Rights Watch and documented with Tons of video evidence, apparently, and satellite imagery and um, first-hand accounts. The notable thing from the United States perspective is that the U.S. is providing Saudi Arabia with billions of dollars in weaponry. In August 2022, the U.S. approved massive arms sales to Saudi Arabia as well as the United Emirates. More than $5 billion in missile defense and related sales followed Joe Biden's visit to the Middle East last year, during which he met with numerous regional leaders in Saudi Arabia. Both Saudi Arabia and the UAE have been hit with rocket attacks and with their ongoing war with the Houthi-backed rebel movement in Yemen and the atrocities that Saudi Arabia has committed against the people of, of Yemen uh, huge civilian casualties, and have used starvation as a weapon. But these these weapon sales included $3 billion for Patriot missiles. And there's an interesting quote in the PBS article from August of 2022. These missiles are used to defend the kingdom of Saudi Arabia's borders against Houthi cross-border unmanned aerial system and ballistic missile attacks the department said from the State Department. And what's going on on that border is the massacre, wholesale massacre of men, women, and children. And this is all going on while President Biden is visiting Saudi Arabia and selling them a massive amount of arms. Where does democracy fit in to Washington's vision? Biden is selling weapons to the majority of the world's autocracies. 
uh, investigation uh, report from The Intercept, May 11th, 2023. Despite the White House's rhetoric about supporting global democracy, the U.S. has sold weapons in 2022 to 57% of the world's authoritarian regimes. 57%. The Intercept says since President Joe Biden came into office in 2021, he has described a, quote, battle between democracies and autocracies in which the U.S. and other democracies strive to create a peaceful world. The reality, however, is that the Biden administration has helped increase the military power of a large number of authoritarian countries. According to an Intercept review of recently released government data, the U.S. sold weapons to at least 57% of the world's autocratic countries in 2022. Since the end of the Cold War, the United States has been the world's biggest weapons dealer, accounting for about 40% of all arms exports in a given year. In general, these exports are funded through grants or sales. There are two pathways for the latter category, foreign military sales and direct commercial sales. The U.S. government acts as an intermediary for FMS, that's the foreign military sales acquisitions. It buys the materials from a company first, then delivers the goods to the foreign recipient. DCS acquisitions, direct corporate sales, are are more straightforward. They're the result of an agreement between a U.S. company and a foreign government. Both categories of sales require the government's approval. And the report goes on to detail the selling of weapons to autocratic countries and the figures used. Country-level data for the last year's DCS authorizations released in late April through the State Department's Directorate of Defense Trade Controls. FFMS figures for fiscal year 2022 were released earlier this year through the Pentagon's Defense Security Cooperation Agency. According to their data, A total of 142 countries and territories bought weapons from the U.S. in 2022 for a total of $85 billion in bilateral sales. How many of these countries were democracies and how many were autocracies? That question can be answered by comparing the new U.S. arms sales data to political regime data from the Varieties of Democracy Project at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden, which uses a classification system that's called regimes of the world. To make a long story short, this review goes over the different classifications, but it comes out to 57% based on University of Gothenburg's classifications. 50% of the arms sales have gone to authoritarian regimes. And using Freedom House, another organization the the number is similar so where does this rhetoric fit in to actual practice it's obviously a demonstration of gross hypocrisy you have massive arms sales going to saudi arabia while people are being mowed down Women and children, people being given a choice on the border, which leg do you want shot off? And they're being shot in the leg, being crippled, being paralyzed. 
if not killed. And the U.S. is arming this country to the hilt because of oil. There's no love of democracy here. There's there's just love of hypocrisy. Love of hypocrisy. Give me a call at one eight seven seven eight seven one. Paul, that's one eight seven seven eight seven one. Paul, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about this gross hypocrisy. You're listening to I on Global Politics Radio. This is Paul F.J. Ronius, and we've been talking about hypocrisy and democracy, and the West is falling squarely in the hypocrisy camp when it comes to what they want to promote in the world. With the situation going on in Saudi Arabia on the border with Yemen, it's just a, an awful, awful thing to to read about. And with the U.S. approving massive arms sales to Saudi Arabia, and as well as being involved in 9-11, it just boggles the mind how the United States could invade Afghanistan with 15 out of the 19 hijackers coming from Saudi Arabia. And now there are families from the 9-11 families, uh, uh, some of them that are suing, 
the government there's a lawsuit about Saudi Arabia that we'll talk more about in the in the coming weeks but the US government has not been apparently completely forthright to say the least about the facts some of the facts of 9/11 and you know it's just such a sad situation with when you look at the invasion of Afghanistan ostensibly because of 9/11 and the US giving the Taliban aid just months before the invasion something like 241 million dollars a few months to 6 months i believe it was in may or something like that in 2021 2001 excuse me and all the death and money wasted in 20 years of war and occupation and you look what what it is with the talibans right back there and the plight of women and in Afghanistan, and, and that's that's a sad situation. And all the people, that, the civilians that have suffered in the war. And meanwhile, Saudi Arabia is being coddled by by this both parties because of oil, and they had an involvement in in nine eleven. Fifteen of the hijackers were Saudi and you have a head of state or an ostensibly the head of state the prince there MBS committing an atrocity in a consulate against a columnist journalist from the Washington Post and the arms sales continue they continue and yet the constant rhetoric the drumbeat the constant rhetoric against against Russia that led to this horrific bloody war in Ukraine, which could have been prevented. It just strikes you as as sad, because the United States and the West don't care about human rights. We all know that. They don't care about human rights. They care about profit. Profit over people. And if they wanted the bloodshed to stop and call for a ceasefire, they would. And they don't, not because of any loyalty to Ukraine or to try to get territory. It's because they think they're hurting Russia. They think that they're hurting Russia without having to lose their own soldiers. And that's sad. That's that's criminal. Because that war needs to end and a ceasefire needs to be called. And peace negotiations need to be pushed for. And Saudi Arabia needs to be told that they can't be massacring the people of Yemen. They can't be massacring people on their border. And the Israelis need to be told that they can't be massacring the Palestinians. And all that weaponry that goes to Israel, that goes to Saudi Arabia, that goes to Ukraine, that needs to stop. And we need to take care of the people that are entering on our southern border with humanity and and with dignity and care for people and care for the homeless here and care for the people without health care. 
and for the children that go, go to bed hungry at night and stop arming and killing people all around the world, either directly or indirectly. Nobody really believes our politicians when they talk about human rights unless you are completely unaware, unless one is completely unaware of of what is happening in the world and what Washington does in the world and what European countries along with Washington and NATO do in the world. There's a lot, a lot of work to be done and it starts in your community by informing your, your brother and your sister and your, your neighbors and your friends and always treating people with respect and sense of community and trying to go against this culture of meanness, of harshness that's, that's out there on the internet, that's out there in life and uphold the gospel values just had a shooting, a guy walking in and shooting uh, some African-American people in a dollar store. Originally tried to get on a HBCU campus and wasn't able to, so went to a dollar store and committed a hate crime and killed some innocent people. And it's sad, but we just have to remember there's there's good out there and we got to promote the good. How do you beat the darkness? You turn on a light. You turn on a light. You don't hit it with a baseball bat, you don't beat it with more darkness, you, you light a candle. You turn on the light. So turn on the light this week, and I'll see you on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, as always, keep the faith.
Tuned in to Eye on Global Politics Radio, coming at you live from the heart of Oregon's Willamette Valley, broadcasting around the world on eyeonglobalpolitics.com. 